What podcast were you on before? Uh, Tingre. And um, they're called Cirkebiron here in Sweden. I don't think I know. So it's all in Swedish? <laughs> Tingre. I think you heard of Tingre before. Yeah, yeah. They had a red logotype. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. I do like, because I do so many podcasts for myself that it's hard to listen to podcasts just because I'll do like so many hours. It'll turn yeah. into like too, too much powerlifting. You know what I mean? I, when, when you do kick yeah. lifts, it gets a little bit crazy. Okay, I just wanted to pull up the um, results for Sweden because it was obviously a, a dramatic win. Uh, so we'll talk about it, but we'll do a little bit of background on yourself. So, uh, for anyone who, who didn't see the world championships in Sweden, um, it was a dramatic in the 72 kilo class juniors. I remember I was commentating on the other platform and, um, I think I had the sub juniors and I believe Chloe Dublin's younger sister was actually on my platform. And Chloe, uh -huh. Chloe Dublin was on the other platform, and I kept an eye on your guys because there was a battle coming through. Mm. Um, Chloe uh, coming through from the U.S. There's a lot of hype. Obviously, she was um, doing well. The favorite, <laughs> she, uh, yeah, maybe the favorite going in for mm. sure. But um, the way it unfolded, and I don't want to spoil it. The story, we'll build the story a little bit. But the yeah. it came down. Straight like a Netflix movie, right down to the last deadlift. And holy <laughs> freaking moly, was that dramatic. Um, I remember thinking, like, there's no way. I remember thinking in my head, when you came up for your last deadlift, I'm like, like, I'm sure the American team, they were waiting, but they were thinking, all right, this, that should be a wrap. And all, <laughs> you know, that should have been a wrap. And um, you came through straight like a freaking Disney movie and, and ended up taking a gold medal. Um, before we get to that last deadlift, let's back it up a second, okay? So the IPF World Championships roll into Sweden. Um, had, what is it, it, what's the difference? Have you been to other IPF World Championships? Uh, no, that was the first. First time. First one. First time and it's in Sweden of all places. <laughs> um, so it, what's the biggest level competition you had been to previously? Uh, I would say this, um, the nationals here in Sweden, I think. Oh wow! Uh, but, bef but before that, it, and I, before the worlds, you mean? Yeah, before worlds. Yeah, uh, the European masterships I have been to, also. Okay, and how yeah. is that similar to the European championships? Is it? How does that stack up to the worlds? Because for a lot of people in North America, they don't know, and the European mm. championships can have like world champions in there. Yeah. yeah, they can. But the Sweden are pretty good in in uh, powerlifting, so yeah. the nationals is like the same as uh, the European. You think so? I would say. Yeah, I would say. Wow. I think so. That is, uh, wow. That's, okay. <laughs> same level, eh? Wow. Yeah. Okay. So when the World Championships is rolling around into Sweden, did you find um, it was added pressure because it's in Sweden? Uh, I no, I don't think so. I, I was pretty nervous just because it was was worlds, and yeah. I could see the Japanese <laughs> going around there, and so the feeling was the same as if it would be in Canada or so. 
Really? See, yeah. the thing is, um, like when I, I I done a few world championships for commentating. When we landed in Sweden and we took a bus from the airport to to the uh, arena, um, like there is like in bus stops posters of the powerlifting championship. You see Isabella von Weisenberg up on posters. We get to the arena and there's like a thirty foot poster. I, I mean, I know you don't do feet. So, I don't know, several meter poster of, um, of Isabella von Weisenberg on the side of a building. And I'm like, holy smokes, man. Like, I've been to a couple different worlds, and sometimes the government from, from that country supports it. And sometimes it's not as much support and push. Sometimes mm -hmm. you go into the world championships, and a lot of people around town are like, oh, yeah, that powerlifting thing. And they don't even super know. Mm -hmm. This one, like, everybody in town knew. Like, there was... You know, there, there was a presence. You couldn't be, you couldn't take the bus without knowing the World Championships was in town. So no. I felt it. When I showed up the arena, I was like, holy smokes, it was a really nice setup. Mm. Um, how, what's powerlifting like in Sweden? Is it supported? Uh, no, not really. I, like my parents in the beginning, they couldn't even <laughs> separate weightlifting and powerlifting. Oh, yeah. So uh, it's uh, pretty small here, I would say. Yeah, man, I, yeah, you don't got to tell me. I remember, okay, so I've been powerlifting for a, for, for a minute. I've been powerlifting, I remember it's 2008. I'm dating myself a little bit, but I was powerlifting in 2008. And um, I was going to, at that, uh, like, an international competition, and the Olympics were on in 2008. And my mom told everybody at work I was going to the Olympics. <laughs> I was like, my mom, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> People are coming up to me like, hey, holy, I, can't, I just heard from your mom. Good luck, man. I was like, I can't live up to that. You know what I mean? I don't know, what, am I, what are you doing to me? I got to follow up. Like, either I call you a liar or I have to make up a story about the Olympics. You know, you're putting me in a bad situation. Um, and bless her heart, she didn't know no better. She's like, yeah, he's going to the Olympics. We're all really proud. Or um, it's not as bad now. Or you would have people like, at work, they would see you and they're like, oh, you got a tan. Do you have a competition coming up? I'm like, man. Uh, yeah. My, um, if we would talk about my colleagues or friends or the rest of the Sweden right now, they, they could say, they are asking me when my competitions are. And so, so they are more involved now, but yeah. like two years ago, they would even, would not even know. <laughs> they thought, I swear, do people thought, they were like, oh, you're, uh, you're not as big as I thought you'd be for a bodybuilder. I'm like, I'm not mm. a bodybuilder. This is not, mm. oh, you have a tan. What's the competition? I'm like, I just got a tan because I got a tan. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you, very much. <laughs> you, look, you look great, Ryan. Are you getting ready? Like, well, thank you. That, but that's got nothing. That's not going to help me if, if it's <laughs> in the powerlifting. Um, but yeah, Sweden, I, I, like, I wasn't used to seeing some of that support. Um, did, is there, like, if you do well, let's say, because obviously you won the juniors. Is there like any kind of media push? Did like you have any kind of like interviews and stuff like that afterwards? Yeah, the radio was talking to me twice or or more, and now they want me to update when more competitions are coming. So that's, that's good. good. And yeah. then like more podcasts contact me and uh, oh yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I I had to go to your agent to book you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> your agent. <laughs> um, I also, I, so uh, we had in Canada, we had um, Eric Willis won the world champion. He's the first open world champion, and it happened in Canada. So it was a big deal for us. 
And then I remember having him on the podcast and be like, what's different? He's like, man, not a, not a damn thing. He's like, <laughs> I, even in his hometown. I was like, in your hometown, they had to make like news in your hometown. He's like, man, I go in the grocery store. And, like he, he thought for a second, he's like, all right, let me see. Because I just won, and maybe word got out, hey, there's a world champion in town. We're not talking a town as big as Toronto, that's like millions of people, where they have like major professionals. We're talking like a decent, like a normal sized, smaller town. So he shows up at the grocery store and like, nothing? Like, like, you know, you walk in there, like, does anybody who know me since I was a kid even be like, hey, I heard about that thing you did. Congratulations. Nothing. He's like, not a damn thing. He said he, sh- he showed up to a powerlifting competition to like help spot and load. And the announcer's like, ladies and gentlemen, wow, Eric Willis just walked in the building and is spotting and loading. And he, he said there was like, like one clap. He's like, thank you. Somebody clapped in the background. He's like, God damn. He's like, nobody asked for pictures. He's like, everyone's like, whatever, man. Just get my spotting and loading. Give me my handoffs right. It's It, it yeah. can be tough. Um, but whereabouts in Sweden do you live? Uh, oh, I live in Gävle, and there's like 100,000 people. Okay. And But before I lived in a town called Bodnes, and there was like 20,000. Oh, a little <laughs> so small. So it's pretty small. Yeah, yeah. And, and how close in, in proximity is that to Helsingborg? Oh, I have no idea. Like, is it, is it like a drive? Can you drive to Helsingborg? No, uh, I took a flight. Oh, okay. there. So, like, one hour from two hours, one hour in the car, and then one hour in the flight. Oh, shit. And then, and then two days by horseback. <laughs> <laughs> and then we took a boat. And then yeah. It's was, it was an adventure just to get there. <laughs> um, so, so, did you have, like, friends and family that showed up to this world championships? Yeah, uh, my family and Emil Nordling, you know. Uh, his his family and my family was uh, the Swedens. Um, oh, what's it called? Ah, uh, oh, they were there. <laughs> that, you, that was quite the only Sweden supporters in yeah. the area. <laughs> Did you? Um, so you, I've seen you guys on Instagram. So you, you are you from the same town as? I'm probably not. I'm not gonna say his name like you say. You know, I thought I knew Emil Norman's name until I just heard you say it, and I was like, "Is that the same dude that I talk about?" Because I think I, like, you know, you're like, "Oh shit!" I have been saying his name so wrong forever. Um, but so for anyone listening, he won the 105 Juniors, um, and he he had like a hell of a dramatic show as well. So, do, are you guys from the same hometown? Uh, now we are, uh, he's from Gävle also, but before there was one hour between us, okay. but now we're living 30 minutes apart. Okay, and you guys train together sometimes? Uh, sometimes, yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, it's quite comfortable to not <laughs> t- take the car 30 minutes to yeah. work out. So. That's a hike, that's a bit of a hike for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> both you guys going into those world championships, both you guys juniors, both you guys, it was the home country, you know, you had the home support. Here's another thing. I remember when Emil was hitting the platform and lifting, when the, when the Swedish fans went crazy whenever anybody from Sweden hit the platform. Like, yeah. it, was, it was wild. <laughs> I remember, like, and, and Emil, did Emil lift before you or afterwards? Uh, before, I think, if I remember the right. 
Yeah, before. So, did you watch him lift? Yeah, I did. Okay. Um. So, he, this is what's interesting to me. So, let me set this up for, for people who don't know, because I have two different feelings about this kind of scenario. When I have somebody that, like, like a friend, someone I know that's training, and they're in a, a similar scenario as me. Like, I can relate to it. Like, if we're both from the same country, we're both juniors, it's the home country and the crowd's behind them. I start and then I see them hit the platform and his came down to the last deadlift and I'll get into what he ended up doing strategy-wise, which made it super dramatic. But when I'm watching, I start getting like anxious and nervous because I can relate them and I haven't gone yet and I'm about to lift the next day. It makes me like, oh shit, I don't know if this was a mistake. Like, I start getting too emotionally attached. Um, did you feel that as well, like, watching it? We're like, holy smokes, man. Yeah, I, I really do. And uh, Emil Norling and I were competing so much against each other, so it, <laughs> it's crazy. And when he won, I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I need to win this. <laughs> well, there it is. Yeah. Or, or else I would hear this the rest of the year, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's tough for me... Um, like watch sometimes watching someone who's close or handling is more stressful than competing because you don't have any control. No, there's no control. Zero. Yeah, you're just watching. Whereas at the very least, um, when you're lifting, like you have control. You're like, all right, I'm gonna hit this. I can handle the pressure. I'm gonna do this. Um, yeah. But when I watch, like, I don't know if I like watching powerlifting before I lift. Like it gets them. It gets me like riled up. And then when I try to sleep that night, I'm like, holy shit. This is like if it wasn't a reality yet, like further out from the competition, I'm not as nervous because man, that's a ways away. I got a lot of things I got to do. I got training. I'm getting my weight down. Everything, whatever. But mm -hmm. like the day before, when it's like holy, this is about to happen. And then mm -hmm. I and then if I watch, if I'm in the stadium, it's the world championships, and they, the house was rocking and rolling when Emil hit that hit that platform. I would have been, like, did you start getting nervous? Like, oh, shit, this is my turn now? <laughs> yeah, and it's like, exactly like that you say, I have my weight to do. I I was, my weight in, weighting was two kilo. I needed to oh. go down. Yeah. Uh, so that was my first competition, because I hadn't done that so many oh. times before. I, I started competi doing competitions, like, two and a half years ago. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, Back then, I was, pre I, I, yeah, my body weight was like 70. Seven zero, 70? Yeah, okay. a kilo. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, does it call so? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you, 70 kilo. And now it's 75. Ah. Well, so, I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the <laughs> thing. You start gaining muscle mass when you're lifting weights. Yeah. That's just the way it goes, right? Mm, yeah, so the weigh-in is my first competition. I need to uh, have the most um, like a water cut. Did focusing, you, I think. Did, did you did you water cut it or did you like stop eating? How did you drop the last couple kilo? <laughs> I stood in the shower like two hours before the competition. <laughs> oh wow! Was it? What, what? Yeah. See, I've been there and it's tough. Like, did you? Leading into it, did you like load up water and drink tons of water to make your body release it? No, right? Eh? <laughs> I just stood there in two hours talking to my coach uh, for four o'clock in the morning and he oh, was like wow. having his baby crying before. <laughs> oh, wow! 
mean, so, so that's a great support. <laughs> yeah, no shit. So you were, were you nervous you might not make it? Uh, no, Stefan Ågren, uh, that is my coach, he's, he's, uh, he's been doing this so long, so I wasn't nervous at all. Yeah, yeah. I've been, I've been there before where, um, like sometimes when you cut the water, it's, it comes off easy, and other times you're like 4 o'clock in the morning, and like you're like, oh damn. It's like you have an exam and you didn't study, and you're waiting to the last day to study for that exam. You're like, yeah. oh shit, I should have water loaded. This is, oh no, this isn't, this isn't how it's supposed to be. Um, when you're cutting the water, I've been in situations where I'm cutting water and I, like sometimes when you're dehydrated, like two kilos, like four and a half pounds for people listening, you can feel a little dehydrated. And if you haven't done it before and you're not used to that feeling, you can be like, oh man, I don't feel good. Like it's, it's like you feel depleted um, and you, your body can bounce back pretty good from, from dehydration. But if you're not used to it and you feel it and you're dehydrated, you might be like, shit, am I going to feel good tomorrow? Is this mm. going to work out? Did you have some doubts creeping in when, when you're four o'clock in the morning taking a hot <laughs> shower? Like, I hope this works. Yeah, my boy, boyfriend was with me then and uh, he's, I asked him to sit on the toilet between me and uh, like count down the clock before I could go out and oh, really? wait to see if it's if I had been going down. Yeah. Um, so I had so much focus on really going down and I knew I, I should have it. So yeah. now it, it worked and I, I have had no doubt. I am. Um... I've also been in that situation where you're in a shower for like half an hour, hop out, hop <laughs> on the scale, and you lost like a fraction of a kilo, and you're like, you gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. This is, yeah. this is, this is gonna take all night. You're trying to be a trooper. I remember texting, at one point, Joey Flex was my coach for this one competition. I remember texting him, be like, I'm fucked. Well, that's it. That's a wrap. He's like, calm down, relax. We're good. I'm like, man, I woke up. I was like, I'm lifting in three hours. I got like 10 pounds. He's like, it's all good. I'm like, holy moly. And the thing with water cutting, um, when your cortisol levels go up, like from stress, um, your body hangs onto water. So when you're, when you're relaxed and there's no cortisol levels, your body will release the water. But that's easier said than done. When people like relax, I'm like, I can't fucking relax, man. Don't stop telling me to relax. Man. Like I'm, you know what I mean? Like it's tough. Yeah. Um, no, I, I I could feel that back then. I was talking to Stefan like, how long do I need to stand in this shower? I hate this. Yeah. I'm not gonna do it again. Yeah. Never. And, and here I am. The European is about two weeks in front of me. And I have <laughs> never been this heavy in my really? life. Really? So I'm going to do it again. <laughs> you see how that works? You, it, it's, it's true, though. Um, but you, you can do things like, have you tried, like, uh, leading into the competition where you drink tons of water and your body's, like, loaded with water and then you stop the water a day before and you just keep peeing and peeing and you flush it all out? There's stuff like that you could do to shed water. Yeah, um, yeah, I know. Um, I have so much focus on my uh, training and uh, the real competition. So, and Stefan, he has this under control. So I, okay. I have never even been thinking of doing something he doesn't says said says that I'm gonna do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's better that way to be like, listen, 
You take yeah. the wheel and drive. I'm just saying, I'm, I'll do what you tell me. Here's my body yeah. weight. Here's my body weight. You tell me what I got to do. It's a lot mm-hmm. easier. Um, so doubling back to the Emil Norland, when you were watching, just for people listening, because I didn't say exactly what happened. In his competition, he hit his opening deadlift. And then for a second deadlift, he just didn't come up. And I was like, oh, smokes. And then loaded up his third for the win. And I remember, I didn't know, like, um, sometimes when juniors come up from Europe, I might not have seen him before, like you had said. So when Emil came out for his last deadlift, and it was like an all or nothing, I'm like, oh, he, he, I wasn't sure if he's injured, and that's why he didn't come out for his second deadlift or what. And then when he put in his third, we're like, oh, he's going for the win, all or nothing with his third deadlift. You couldn't make it more dramatic. And when he walked out on the platform, man, Sweden, when, when a Swede hits the platform, everybody goes nuts. And it was so dramatic. The whole house was rocking and rolling. I was like, holy shit. I, had, I was nervous. I got chills. Um, what were you thinking when you watched him walk on the platform? Last deadlift, all or nothing. Did you think he was going to hit it? Yeah, Emil Norling is uh, quite interesting that way because before Worlds, he had never failed a deadlift. Like, never. And uh, he has so much confidence, so I was like, okay. You're putting me in a situation where I almost pee my pants and I'm going to wait (laughs) for the third one. Come on, just do it. I knew he had it, so it It was... It was, it was fun. It was crazy when he hit the platform. I know what you mm. mean were like I was nervous as shit. Like I was like, what are you doing, man? Like you just didn't take your second. Like you were really like you gotta be so confident to be like, nah, I'm good. Nah, I'm good. I'll I'll get my third. I'm like, holy shit, that's a major risk. Cause you're you're in Sweden and, and this is the world championships and you're Sweden, like everyone's counting on you. And it's hard to like even convey the house was so the energy when the Swedish Lifters, like you guys have tons of support. When, and when he walked on the platform, he had this smirk on his face, like he had a joke that he knew, like a secret joke just to himself. I'm like, this dude looks confident in confident as shit. Like, uh, I'm like, all right, I hope I hope he's gambling properly. <laughs> he hit that deadlift, and and Emil is like typical Swedish dude, blonde hair, blue eyed, jacked, bodied up, abs, whatever. He he's he's like a poster boy for sure. He hit this deadlift, and um, by the time he got it to his knees, his smile opened up ear to ear, and he was like shaking his head like, yeah, and he was looking at the crowd already celebrating, and I was like, oh, and the crowd just ate it up, man. It was it was like a powerlifting moment, and I was like, holy smokes. Um, so he hits that, and then when you're watching, how, hey, how excited were you? Because I'd seen you guys were training partners, similar situation, both juniors, both first world championships, both in the home country. Um, when you go home that night, like how are you nervous? Are you excited when it's your turn to go? And you know you got Chloe Dublin waiting for you. Uh, I'm I'm a such pers- person that had I had no clue which people I was going to meet at oh. Worlds. Uh, if I'm honest. So everyone has be, had been talking about Chloe, and uh, I heard people backstage talking about her too. But I, I had no idea who Chloe was. <laughs> oh, that's probably better. I mean, that's that's the same in Sweden. Also, I, I have no clue who people are, but I, I'm starting to. <laughs> yeah, you, well, you found out. You found you 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 were like, 
uh, come the last deadlift, you're like, oh, she's she's quite good. <laughs> I, you're like you're telling your coaches, oh, I think I know who's the favorite today. What the fuck is going on here? You, all right. But but, but, but I started in, when I was warming up. I saw Chloe's uh, coach, and that was the moment I knew who Chloe was because he was staring at me like. He knew I was up to something. Oh, they knew you. You didn't know them, but they knew you. They knew yeah. all about you. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the Americans do tons of scouting. Um, like they, I, I have Matt Gary on the podcast when we do our preview shows. And uh, Matt Gary's like way deep into the American coaching. Like he's handled, he's been the American head coach or, or one of the coaches at so many worlds. And he does like training for the coaches. And when they go into a world championships, like, they will know all your lifts. They'll know your the percentage that you hit your last deadlift. They know if it's, like, 33%, 65%. They know, <laughs> like, they have you. They got you. They know, yeah. like, do you, are you on body weight or do you have a big weight cut? Um, they probably didn't expect that from you. But, but, uh, but, but yeah. So, they know enough. Um, mm. But you having been in the game for only two and a half years might have helped for your advantage because there's not a lot of data on you. No, that's true. Yeah. That's the same in Sweden. When I started competing, no one knew who I was then either. But my deadlifts has always been uh, something great. I have uh, long arms, so uh, I have a short uh, uh, lift. Yeah. So so when I did my first national uh, competition, I no one had uh, had me on the schedule like yeah on it, the radar. before the deadlift ca- came in and then uh, suddenly I was in the top three and yeah. that's the same in in the world um, so that was fun yeah looking at this so you were uh, so you were you were you were ahead on squ- you got a big squat on you but it's the yeah. bench press it's the bench press that you weren't on the podium. And that's where it hurts us with those long arms. And I feel you. I mean, yeah, when the bench comes, yeah, when the bench comes, like, this is like an intermission for me. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is where I'm going to fall back and people are catching up real quick. And like, I need a big deadlift. Um, in, in this world championship, because it's, so there's good that two and a half years in, people don't know what to expect. Hard to scout. You're probably making fast gains. So whenever you hit previously, you could be well above that by the time world championships rolls around. On the flip side, when you've only been doing it two years and you're already at the world championships, that can be a little, like, I, I've been doing this for, like, I, I was just saying, like, in 2008, I was powerlifting, and I, it doesn't leave me. Like, when I walk into the turn, when I walk into, like, the world championships, and I've been to a lot of them now, commentating or, or competing, and, um, and I'm there for two weeks straight. I could be there for like the last day, two weeks straight. It's five years in a row, walk in the building, and I still get that holy shit. Like, I still feel that when the crowd starts getting riled up, I'm like, whew, here we are. Here we are. I still feel it. You know, um, when you walked into the arena, if it's only been two and a half years, because you're not really prepped for this, like, you can't buy experience. You got to live it. And you can't, um, only experience kind of breeds courage when you've done it enough times. You know, you know it's, it's less surprising, it's less scary. When you walk in there and you're still like two years in the game, day of the competition, when it's time to start warming up, and all the cameras, here's another thing, if people have only lifted locally, the IPF, they got a full-on TV crew. Like, they, they have a real TV crew that they pay to bring in. 
you look out on the platform, there's like seven or eight cameras. There's like a, a, a bunch of, like an audience and everything. When you're in the warm-up room and you're like, holy smokes, here we go. And your family's out there watching. What was it like? Were you nervous? Were you like, this is okay. This is starting to get real for me now. Yeah, it was nervous, but it also was, uh, we're talking about when I'm working out in uh, in like normal weeks, so yeah. um, we're, we're talking a lot of um, the only thing that you can do so many times is doing mistakes, because yeah. by the mistakes you, you're one step closer to success. And that was something I, I brought with me to the world, I think. And that could, with that, I could keep uh, calm. I could calm down. Uh, and my coaches was talking to me like only a few minutes before I stepped the podium. Uh, and my coaches was perfect, like Carlo and Oscar, who helped me. And was so calm and um, it was just fun. I I, I was <laughs> remember I I sat on a chair like this and just looked at everyone who was warming up and like I'm here now. <laughs> <laughs> this is real. This is real. Oh shit, it's happening. It's um, but I, yeah, it's weird how like leading into a big event like the World Championships and you know like so many people watch the World Championships and when you. Like leading up to it, every time you go to bed at night, you picture certain things like it's going to be like this, it's going to be like that. And sometimes when the event rolls around, you might have a moment where you look around like, oh, this is it. This is happening now. Like this is actually <laughs> happening. Um, and you have that. I've had that moment too. And sometimes it's nothing like you imagined it was going to be. Sometimes it's exactly as you imagined it was going to be. For you, when you were there, was it just like you thought it would be? When you're sitting in your chair about to start, were you like... Okay. All right. Arie, did you feel the same way you thought you were going to feel? I am... Um, before the European and uh, before Worlds, I was competing in my head like one month before the competition. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing when it comes to like, when you're prepping and you're mm -hmm. going to, like if, if you start in your head getting mentally ready to lift too, too far out from the World Championships or any competition, yeah, you get stressed and fatigued. By the time it rolls around, your like anticipation for the event and then the fall down, like it's almost like the adrenaline, it's hard to get your adrenaline up sometimes, right? I've been like that where I peaked in the gym or and you're just like mentally exhausted and fatigued by the time the competition rolls around. Especially when it's like the world championships. Do you do stuff like to make yourself feel more at ease when the world championships, when like a competition finally comes around? Um... I no, I, I'm just taking it, taking it as as it comes, mm -hmm. because if I, I can't do something more than just being me the day when the day comes, if I'm starting to uh, see things <laughs> that have haven't been in um, in time yet, yeah, I'm just. I can't control the future. Yeah, that's uh, you got to focus on what you can control. And yeah, that's exactly. How create, that's how you create anxiety. When you live in the future, you create anxiety. You know what I mean? Mm. You're thinking all the different ways that's going to play out. Talk mm. about how it does play out. Now, this is dramatic stuff. So, it was probably helped that you didn't know who Chloe was ahead of time because she was she's put in work. She's a, she's a beast when it comes to powerlifting. She's hit some massive totals. So, in the squat, you and Chloe finish off. You're two and a half kilo ahead of Chloe in the squat. Mm. Okay, so if you didn't know who she was ahead of the competition, 
when you ended off and you're two and a half kilo ahead of her, did you know at that point, oh, there's an American who's right behind me and we are neck and neck, like two and a half kilo, that's, you can't get any closer than that. Did you know where you were at after the squat event? Did you ask, what, is a, what does a scorecard look like? Yeah, uh, of course I looked at that. Uh, but then I knew the best bench press was coming up. And uh, as I said earlier, I had no idea who Chloe was or yeah. anyone huh. else. So didn't I didn't Chloe. knew Chloe was so strong in bench yeah. press. And when he did... When she bent you, like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's like, what the shit is going on here? Chloe's got a huge bench press. You yeah. After squats, you're like, okay, all right, we're all right, we're all right. Then she benches, yeah. you're like, holy shit, this is a problem. Yeah, um, that was a big problem, and I was like, okay, <laughs> I need to work on my bench press or get shorter arms yeah, yeah. or something. We gotta figure something out. We yeah. gotta figure something out. Did you... So you were paying, were you were you paying attention to the bench press as it's happening, and you're seeing okay, we're starting to fall behind here with Chloe. Uh, yeah, I saw that, but I also knew I was uh, I'm great at uh, deadlifts. Yeah. So uh, I was quite calm um, back then. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't too much of a bother yet. Okay, yeah. so so <laughs> Chloe Scott, for anyone listening, um, Chloe got a world record deadlift or sorry bench press. 118.5 kilo, so she's got a chip, and uh, I mean, it's a world record, so she's got a monster deadlift. You guys open up on your deadlifts, um, you hit 210, and you're not yeah. worried because you know your deadlift's huge, so you're not too yeah. worried about it. You hit 210 kilo. Chloe mm -hmm. hits her opener. She's thinking, I got to hold serve, maintain my lead, don't do anything crazy, and see what happens. So Chloe hits her opening deadlift. You go for your second deadlift. So, sorry, Chloe goes first, hits 210, matches your opener for deadlift. And keep in mind, um, Chloe's got a lead, so she hits 210, you hit 210. Chloe already has a lead because of the bench press, so you guys are both at 210 for deadlift. You go out for your second attempt on deadlift, and you load up uh, 222.5. Yeah. And that's when things get dramatic. <laughs> That's when things turn into an oh shit moment. Um, you missed 222.5. Now, yeah. if you weren't nervous before, did you start becoming nervous then? No. No. That's a big thing. I, I'm really? getting nervous because. <laughs> well, I was. <laughs> Look at this. Uh, when I'm uh, working out at home, uh, 220 kilos isn't. A big thing for me back home, yeah. Because I knew I can do this any training, any which day, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can I can do it in the sleep. I thought. Yeah. Uh, so when I'm walking up at the podium, I had a so big confidence. So I was just playing with this weight wrong. Ah. I did. A, I I, did, I I was. Kind of sleepy when I walked up because I was like, "Yeah, I have this." <laughs> yeah, you didn't take it seriously as you think you no. need to. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So uh, I'm doing the wrong movement, I could say. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm 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 not pressing it, pressing my foot feet down to the floor, and so the weight comes uh, in front of me. So yeah, I I'm 
had no chance uh, to take this one. Uh, and when I go back backstage to uh, my coach, I says like, I, I can do this. I, I'm doing this like the whole time. <laughs> it feels yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. Why did I do that? Um, and uh, Carol says, uh, or I, I said to Carol like, load the bar with the weight so we can win this. And no. she's like, okay, I have no way. idea what that weight would be. Uh, but then she comes to me and says, it's 225 kilos. You you gotta do this, Ida. You can do this. And like clapping me on my legs and like... Wake up! No, yeah, I wake up. No worries. <laughs> no and more mistakes. like, you can do this. It was like, you can do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So do you, do you prefer like calm, cool, collected, talking like that? Or do you need somebody to be yelling, let's go, let's go? Mm. No. No, I, I need the calm things because... When people are screaming at me, I'm focusing on the screaming, not the mo movements I yeah. need to do in the lift. Yeah. And so a calm pep talk is the perfect thing for me. <laughs> gotcha. So when when you came back after you're missing that lift, and you mm -hmm. didn't you didn't feel too bad, like you, you weren't too worried. But um, I remember like commentating for it when you missed. It's like you said where you got pulled out of groove. And you're like, I feel like no chance. I'm not gonna get this because you're pulled out of groove for that second attempt. Mm -hmm. um, but it looked like if you don't know, you watched it, and I, it looked like, oh shit, she's like, she just full on missed that. Like that's not that. It, if you don't know anybody, like, oh well, that's that's a wrap. You're thinking, oh no. And then, so so were you, first off, were you, were the coaches? Did they look a little alarmed when you went back there? Were they like? <laughs> My coach uh, Stefan Ogen had talked to uh, Karo before the competition. He had said to her like, "You need to believe in Ida because if you don't believe in her, she doesn't believe in herself uh, either." So uh, she kept kept the calm, and yeah. I think that was a big thing in this move. <laughs> yeah, you went back there. She's like, she's crying. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, what the fuck are you doing to me? Look, fake it. Have a poker face, Jesus. Yeah, you got to. I know you mean where, um, like you can you can tell anxiety, like you feel it. You feel negative if you go back and everybody's like they don't believe. You start thinking that way. If if you go back and like you got this, relax. Here's what we're gonna do, and they're just confident. You feel confident, like well, they must have saw something, and they're confident in it. Um, yeah. And sometimes you just gotta roll on faith. And you got to go all in, um, because in your situation, talking going all in, Chloe jumped this bar up to 212.5. Now, Chloe's telling herself, um, I'm ahead, I mastered deadlift, and I'm already ahead in master deadlift, so I didn't even need to do that. And that she just missed um, 210, and it looked like you just like totally just couldn't get it. And then she bumped it up two and a half kilo, and she's thinking, I hit this, I'm a world champion. Now you're watching, are you watching this deadlift when she goes for her last deadlift? No, I'm sitting in backstage, I'm just hearing the crowd. <laughs> and when you heard the crowd, and you knew she got it, what are you thinking? You're like, oh, Let's go. Let's, <laughs> let's do this. <laughs> let's, let's go, let's go. Yeah, <laughs> I remember I saw her coach running and uh, hugging Chloe. When he made when she made the last deadlift, I was like, "Don't do that." Yeah, <laughs> you know what? Like, if I'm honest, so here it is. Here it is. 
I remember watching it. And when Chloe hit that last deadlift, I remember thinking, like, just based off of what you're watching, if you're just watching it all unfold, the story is happening as it, as it comes, I'm watching thinking, yeah, Chloe, Chloe probably just won the world championships. And people in the crowd are thinking this. The Americans, they're celebrating the, the, the last dead, like, even a silver in the, in the, you know, the big pole, it was a big day, so they celebrate regardless. But you know in the back of their minds, they got to be thinking, oh shit, we just won the world championships. Like, I swear, I was like, man, I think Chloe just won it. And when you, so in your mind, you're like, hey man, it's not, you know, like, they're dimming the lights, the, the, the curtains are closing, and I still got to, I still got to, Gaston's got the gold medal, he's about to put it around Chloe's neck. Hang on a fucking second. I still got, I still got one more deadlift. Um, so when you went out, I remember uh, in the commentary booth, I remember thinking, oh shit, I checked the, the amount you're lifting. You're going for the world, like obviously, I mean, you're the last one pulling. You're going for the gold. All, everyone in the crowd and the Swedes are so behind on every Swedish lifter that hit the platform. Everybody in the crowd is like, oh my God, we need a miracle. And they're all like, even people who weren't religious were praying for this one. And, and it was like, if she gets this, this is the biggest, this is, the middle of the day before was so dramatic. Because he was like, I'm not taking my second deadlift. And I'm going all in on my last deadlift. And the crowd's like, holy shit. Then the next day, you do the same thing when you missed your second. And it was just more dramatic probably because like this is, we've seen you fail the second one. So when you come out for the third, are you, like how do you feel walking up to that bar? And you know by now, even if you weren't paying attention, you knew this is for the world championship. This is for everything. Are you nervous? Or what are you thinking when you walk up there? I didn't, the only thing I was thinking about was how am I going to do this lift? I knew I, um, I had my family up there. My father was screaming like, you <laughs> hear boy, voice. Could you hear him? Uh, no, 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 I can hear him. Right. But I saw everyone up uh, at the stadium. Yeah. And uh, when I'm walking up, I'm straightening my upper body. So I, I'm... Um, so, my, so I could feel a bit tough. <laughs> like, come on! Yeah, I got um, this. So I going, went to the um, going to the bar and, and breathing just for a second, and uh, I can hear the whole uh, arena yeah. being quiet. And Isn't thinking, it, it, that scary? Going to <laughs> Isn't that scary when when it's like loud is so loud once you were on the when you were on the side on the platform. The crowd was crazy, and they knew, oh, my God, she's... And I'm like, she's going to pull for the win. Here it is, all down to the last deadlift, she's pulling for the win. And the crowd is crazy. And then once you get called your name, and you walk towards the platform, the whole arena goes silent. And it's like, holy shit, when she... I had anxiety. What you must have felt was like, whoa. And I, when I'm starting to pull and the bar... For a second, I, I was feeling like, oh shit, <laughs> I have this. And when I'm standing straight with a with bar, I can hear the whole crowd, uh, family, my family, Amy Lonely's family, screaming so much. So I, I'm just looking at the, the three lights and uh, all the three, all of them turns on and I, I it, yeah, I can't remember that moment, what I felt, but I knew I 
ran to Karu, jumped on her, and he's like, she's like one head shorter than me. <laughs> <laughs> so I smashed her head in the oh, chest. Oh like, no! Oh. Yeah. yeah, it was uh, it was perfect. Yeah, it was. Um, I remember the moment, and then uh, and the place went crazy. The whole stadium went freaking crazy. If you were gonna like write a story, man, you can't write a better story than that. Like in terms of when when you leading up to it, when you go to bed at night, put your head on the pillow, and you picture winning the world championships, you you wouldn't picture okay for someone to lead, and then I'm behind, and then I miss my second deadlift, and then everybody's <laughs> celebrating the other person, and then I come, I load the bar for the win. I come out in my home country, and I pull for the win and hit it in a huge come from behind. Like, that was like the perfect storybook ending for your first world championships. Um, after it was all said and done, because it is like such a huge high, well, first off, when you realize you're a world champion, when you first got off the side, I looked, and Chloe Dublin, who basically got the gold medal snatched from her in that moment, was the first person on the side to congratulate yeah. you. That was pretty dope. I thought like she that was amazing, and I uh, I remember I cried so much and hugged Chloe uh, so tight, and yeah. was thanking her so much because I could not believe how hard it must be for her to um, just. <laughs> Yeah. Who had thought that I would take that last yeah. deadlift? So that was big for me meeting Chloe at that moment. Yeah. And I, I couldn't thank her more than being the first person to come up to me. Yeah, she she she's the first one there. And I was yeah. like myself, yeah. I was I was emotionally like, holy smokes. She was like, I'm I'm gonna go up there. I don't know what she must have felt because like like you said, they were they were celebrating um, mm. on the sides, and it wasn't even like boastfully celebrating. It was more like. Logistically, statistically speaking, she nine times out of ten, when you fail your second, she hits her third, she hit all three deads, she was in the lead. You're thinking, oh, she probably won. Um, mm -hmm. When you came back with that huge come from behind, last deadlift, hit it and win. When she pulled this stuff together and be like, I'm going to be the first one to congratulate. Like it's When you're that young, you almost expect people to not be as mature in such a moment. Like you're just... It's, you don't see it coming, you're upset, but like the maturity that you guys had, it was like, it was good. It was, it was exactly everything that's right with sports. You know what yeah. I mean? Two different people it, from two different countries, two different parts of the world coming together like that. It was, it was a warm moment. Yeah. And that's one of the things I really remember from Worlds and, yeah. and meeting Chloe after at the the party and all that things uh, after the whole competition that was big and i that's a great person chloe yeah, and I mean, i'm glad i met her it, like that's what sports they say sports like reveal your character and mm. um it's easy when you're like uh, when things are going your way to be a good guy good girl when things are going your way but if something doesn't go your way now you got to show your personality like now you get to see like everybody's good when everything's going good Take things away from somebody and let's see how they act. And yeah. Chloe showed her character, which is good moment. Now, you, when you were that night, when it dawned on you, holy shit, I'm a world champion. First off, <laughs> when you saw Emil, were you like, hey, man, I think my, I think my win was more dramatic. <laughs> did, did, did you talk to him and be like, all right, I think I upstaged you. Um, at the, the dinner and all that after competition, um, I won the 
the overall price uh, of no, the best winner. Did it mean you didn't? So you were like, you suck. Yeah. <laughs> Find another job, man. What is wrong with you? Wow. So you get the last laugh then. Yeah. Dude, you, you know what? You couldn't. So here's the thing. Like, two years in, your the world championships is in your home country. You have your friends, family can show up because it's in your home country. The crowd is behind you because it's in your home country. The way you win against an American, and when it's an American in the mix, they have the social media is always behind it. There's a lot of views when there's an American involved. So the, the limelight was there. The, the direction was there. You had a Chloe Dublin. Sometimes you don't have somebody there to push you. And if no one's there to push you, it's not as interesting. You had Chloe Dublin, who's a star in her own right, and who's won Worlds before. So the setup was perfect. You battle it out all day. World records fall right down to the very last deadlift. You win the World Championships. Go to the banquet. You get the Best Lifter Award. And you're only two, two years in. Do you feel like this is going to be hard to top now? Because you're already so high. Like, it's, it's only two years in. What do you do to best that performance? You know what I mean? Is it tough mm. to, like, going into the European Championship? Is it hard to get as excited and motivated after what just happened? Uh, no, no. Uh, absolutely not. Oh, I'm, wow. I'm always hunting for... Maybe the wrong world if, word if I said success, but I, I want to be be, a better me yeah, all the time. Um, yeah, so every competition is important, even if it's it's maybe just a theory home in Sweden or it's a national competition or so. I always want to be a better me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So uh, the European is very important because... Yeah. It, it's another competition. And it's international. I mean, people, like, yeah. I, I was talking to Gustav Hedlund, another Swede. I mean, and Sweden has so many powerlifting stars right now. Like, you guys, mm -hmm. Isabella, Eddie, uh, Berglund, Gustav, Emil, yourself, like, you guys are stacked right now. Um, <laughs> I was talking to him, and he's like, look, at when I go to European Championship, oh, we're getting a tour of your apartment right now. <laughs> <laughs> we, we got an impromptu tour. This is this is like an episode of Cribs. This yeah. is <laughs> oh, nice. I, I'm opening the door to my boyfriend. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But um, um, but when when you like Emil was or sorry, not Emil. Gustav was saying when I go to European Championship, the world champion is Anatoly from Ukraine. He's at the European Championship. Like people sometimes forget. European Championship is like, I mean, you got world record holders, world champions coming back, very high level, and it's international judging. And the judgment yeah. is, it's real. When you get international, they're not, and you're going to possibly break a world record, they're not going to give that to you. If, if you're going for world records and stuff, and that's what happens at the European level, um, you, they're, they're leaning in. You have to convince them with their squat depth. You gotta, yeah. They're going to give you a legitimate pauses and whatnot. When there's a world record on the line, you're going to take a record from someone else. It's very strict judging. So uh, the more you do these international competitions, this is one thing where the Americans don't have is U.S. Raw Nationals is big. Um, and a lot of people watch it. And the competition level very high. But it's not taking a world record. It's all unofficial world records. And when you're going to take a world record away from somebody, 
man, you better be convincing. You know, yeah. you got you got to prove to me. It's better to like, you know. So, and, and, and they may sometimes they go to world championships, and they're like, ah, oh, the judging's a little too tough. And it's like, man, that's what it's like when when you say load the chips, and they announce world record. That's what you get. You know, mm-hmm. and that's what you get. And you're, do you feel like the European Championships prepared you for what the World Championships would feel like? Yeah, it really did. And just meeting people outside Sweden was a big thing for me. Yeah. Only talking English was a big thing. And uh, like talking English right, English right now is a big thing. Yeah, so that's, that's something that gets me further all the time. And so the Europeans is a perfect thing uh, to do before Worlds or just do in, do in two weeks. You know what? It is a, and that's another factor that's true. You can't underestimate if you're within your same country, like you can tell. Mm-hmm. Like, so when I, when we flew into, um, I've been to a couple different places in the world, like obviously Sweden, we had the Worlds in Calgary, but, um, and like we had the World Championships, the one year I commentated in the US, it kind of feels the same as Canada to a large extent. When you go to like Belarus and you're going to Lithuania, when you go to different countries like that, you can't underestimate how much of an impact it is to like not be able to read labels. You go in an elevator, people are talking Japanese, people are talking German. Like you feel like out of your element. It doesn't feel the same. The, no, you, it doesn't. Uh, it's different. <laughs> Even though, oh, I started to talk Sweden there. <laughs> See what I'm saying? I triggered you. I triggered you. <laughs> Like a snake charmer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but only meeting new people who doesn't talk your, the same language yeah. takes energy from you. Um, only talking to the um, the people who, who's helping you at the podium, if they don't talk your, the same language as you, the competition becomes a bit harder, I think. It's, it's, um, we take it for granted, because English is usually the language everyone tries to speak. So when you speak English, you you don't you take it for granted you you don't realize but look at if you just picture your first day at a new job and you sit in there you're still you but you feel weird you're doing a job like it's everything's new and you don't you second guess everything feels off and there's something tangible about it put yourself in that situation where you can't read labels and you're trying to get labels like like for food and stuff and you can't you go to everywhere you go is different languages different customs and you're like out of your element Everything feels a little off, so then try to sleep at night. Everything's a little bit disrupted. It feels weird. It's a little off. So when you have to do, like, the European Championships, you're forced. Oh, you got to get visas and go through all this. It feels weird, but you get more and more used to it, at least. Yeah. It's- but, uh, and if you're talking about worlds again, uh, Chloe was taking a trip to Sweden where she doesn't get the same food as she always yeah. eats and the same... Uh, doesn't talk to the same people and all that. Just have the different food it has a big influence on the on the, in the competition. One hundred percent. Look at Ray Williams. That's what Ray yeah. Williams said. He said, um, "Man, I got there. I usually eat like my normal food, and he eats a lot of food. Man, he's a big man. So mm-hmm. if you consume a lot of food and it's like a total different food you've ever eaten, you don't know how your body's going to take to it. It's it's, mm-hmm. it's not the time to play around." It's not the time to try new things. You do that afterwards. <laughs> um, no joke. I was in Sweden and I was cutting weight. And um, I was in a store. It was like a house store. or I, It must not have been a house store. But anyways, I grabbed a bottle. And I wanted um, electrolytes. 
because I knew it's going to drop a lot of water and I needed electrolytes in my body afterwards, right? So I got a bottle of something and I thought I saw the word electrolyte. I swear to God, I thought I saw it. And I was about to go buy this and I thought it was Pedialyte. So I was going to chug this bottle um, after I weighed in because I was getting electrolytes in. So, but before I bought it, I'm like, let me just, I see the word electrolyte, like I'm, I'm good. But I'm like, you know what, let me just ask somebody just to make sure. I shit you not. The guy was like, my man, you clean pools with that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, holy shit. I'm going to kill myself. I was going to kill myself. The dude is like, I was like, so you don't drink this. He's like, drink this. He was, I was like, oh, never mind. My bad. Holy smokes. He saved your life. He saved my life, that dude. He doesn't even know. That's a bad way of dying. Oh, man. I don't think I'm going to hit a personal best today. I was like, damn. So, I mean, yeah, it is totally different. When you're in a, a different country and you're like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing here. I'm trying to talk to people. And some people know what you're talking about. Some people don't. Um, and so, you know, you guys are pretty good with English. Uh, yeah, a bit. <laughs> Everybody's, like, does everyone speak English in Sweden? Uh, the most of the people. We have, we got English in school, so, okay. yeah. Because my sister lives in Sweden. My sister married a Swede. She's got little Swedish kids, little chubby son. Um, <laughs> I swear to God, he's, like, right to the bone chubby. I squish his legs, like, <laughs> I can blow it up for <laughs> squishing his legs. Um... <laughs> But yeah, and like her husband, they, they all speak like when I was walking around Sweden, I went there a little early to hang out with the family and everyone's pretty good with their English. It's, it's yeah. I got a feeling. They do get a little shy if you, they said they might be shy about it when they, when you talk to them because they're like, ah, shit. Like you can see the look on their face like, all right, here we go. But they're, but they'll, they know it. Yeah, but if I'm, I'm meeting a person at, um, in, in the city, asking for the direction to the hospital or something, I get shy and I have no idea why, but you know, <laughs> it's like, I, I'm not talking English that much, so I'm, um, no, I get shy. Here's the thing, if he's looking for direction to the hospital, like, fuck, I hope I understood that right. Because <laughs> that's, I hope he's, Jesus, that's, that's a lot of pressure. That's a little different when someone's yeah. like, Oh, fuck the hospital? You're like, yeah, I think I'm having a heart attack. You're like, holy shit. I wasn't read my English in, in my grade six English. It didn't, didn't prepare me for this. What the fuck? You're like, oh, wow. Wowzers. Yeah, well, I, I, it's perfect when that situation comes. So yeah, you're ready. English. You're like, whoa, wait. All right, I'm getting tested. Let's get you there. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's the worst case scenario. Um, I think I would be nervous. My English is spot on. Um, but uh, but yeah, uh, I want to ask you too. So you started powerlifting two and a half years ago. How did you find powerlifting? Um, before powerlifting, I was doing floorball. Uh, I was uh, the goalkeeper. So, uh, but I needed more... I wanted to um, press myself to do something better. I, I stood still. And then hadn't had no coach to um, make my skills better in the goal. So then I was invited to a small competition uh, in my hometown because uh, they had seen me on uh, Instagram uh, asking me to do max reps in 
uh, deadlift with my body weight, um, bench press uh, with half of my body weight, and a clean, I think, max weight. Uh, and at that competition, I won. I did, uh, I think, 55 reps in deadlift and 40, oh, wow. uh, 33 reps in bench or something, and I had never done that before. Here's the thing, when you get to 55, eventually, like, man, I'm just, this is ridiculous. I'm gonna be, you know, you're like, I'm gonna be here all damn day. Do you mind if we just cut it? Is this enough to win? Because this is a waste of my time and yours. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that day, uh, one man saw me doing my deadlift and he said, Ida, I, I saw your deadlift and uh, if I, if you want to um, take your time and uh, the whole summer or so, I, I can make you the, to the best powerlifter in the world, okay. only if you want to. Yeah, uh, and I was like, this man is crazy, yeah. <laughs> what's he talking about? <laughs> but uh, the whole summer we trained uh, powerlifting and uh, a bit weightlifting, and uh, then I qualified to the nationals, uh actually. Before that, were you like aware of powerlifting? Did you know much about it? Like, how much of powerlifting did you know when he approached you? I had no idea. Oh, uh, I did not even know there was bench, bench press, squat, or deadlift, I think. Oh. So you were like, what the <laughs> shit is going on? Actually, I was going to say, you didn't even know who Chloe Dublin was two months ago. So I <laughs> guess, yeah, so I guess that I was, wow. No kidding. <laughs> um, you, you said you had done. Um, was it like, did you say floorball? Is that, is that hockey on, on the floor? Yeah, I would say. With a plastic ball. Yeah. And then, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. It's, do you, it, like, hockey's big in Sweden, right? Yeah. Because I remember, I only asked because, um, like, obviously my sister's married to a Swede, and Canada is huge with hockey, too. And we mm. in Sweden is like a rival with, with Canada when it comes to hockey. And I remember this poor dude was in Canada in the Olympics. And for the gold medal in the finals, it was Sweden versus Canada. And he was like, oh, shit. And me and my brother were like, why don't you come over and watch the game? And he's like, ah, oh, <laughs> shit. And we were watching. And my sister's like, honey, why don't, do you want to put on your jersey? And he was like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm not putting my Swedish jersey on. We like all of our buddies on. We're like, we're like, put your fucking jersey on. He's like, I'm not putting my jersey on. Put your jersey on. He's like, I'm not putting my jersey on. Leave me. I don't, I don't need this heat. Everything was okay because Canada won, so it was all right. But um, I don't know. If Canada didn't win, if Canada didn't win, he'd have a hard time getting out of that house. But, <laughs> but um so you started powerlifting, and um, how quickly? So was he? This guy was programming for you, and he's been your coach ever since. Uh, he was programming in the beginning, and uh, maybe a whole half year he was helping me, and then I moved to um, to Jable and started to. I was programming myself <laughs> in the beginning, oh, wow. but I had no idea what I, what I was doing. And I just did <laughs> three reps in everything. It could be <laughs> 10 of the three reps or two of the three reps. I did really? not do more than you, three you, reps. You did, even for bicep curls, you did three. Yes. <laughs> it's like three, right. reps. <laughs> three reps for biceps. That's it. That's it, man. I do yeah. three ab crunches. That's it. I do three of them. <laughs> 
And then I was like, this doesn't work. And so I contacted Stefano again. Yeah. Because he had been helping Emil in a month or so. So I asked him if he had the time and wanted to help me. And he did. So in two years or one and a half, Stefan has helped me. And uh, it's when he got in the picture. And when Anders Bergström yeah. uh, came in the picture, the, the success began to rise. <laughs> rise up. Um, yeah. and, and I remember being told, I think Emil was telling me, um, the Swedish Federation is it once or twice a year brings everybody to like a training camp or something? All the juniors, yeah. I think, or something? Yeah, uh, then, what would I say that, the name of it? They take um, the national team Yeah. and do workouts and um, a bit of, uh, like not workshops, but they uh, are telling important things yeah, <laughs> that yeah. you learn Cues in your workouts. It, it, it's important because, um, like Emil was talking about it saying, which is, it, first off, that's not, every nation doesn't do that. Like when I heard mm -hmm. that, I was like, oh, kidding. Like that's a good idea, especially with juniors. Because going into a world championship when someone's relatively new and you don't know them, you don't know like, okay, she always fights when she deadlifts. That's normal. Or um, like if someone's a clean lift and they start fighting, they're nearing the end. For some people, if you're, if you're coaching somebody, Sometimes their opener looks like their third, but they still have a lot of room to grow, and you don't know unless you see it live. And there's a difference between video and seeing something live. Like, I find sometimes videos live. Like, I've seen, i been videoing people in the gym before, and it was like, it was a bit of a fight. And then they watched the video, and it's like, oh, well, I mean, that looked pretty easy. They're like, man, it looks way harder in real life. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, it's not always like that. Um, no. I think people need uh, another person to to see the technique and say that that would be, was easy. Yeah. Because you you can doubt on yourself if you haven't seen it before. Yeah. I all I always do films on my lifts. Every lift I I make a video of it, uh, so I can see myself in an object. I would say, and so I can see what I need to do better better or what I did great. And it's also good too. If you meet like national team coaches ahead of time and you get to know the person, so you have a bit of a rapport. So the first time you meet somebody isn't the day you fly into freaking Belarus or Lithuania and meet them there when you're stressed and you're not, you know, it's, it's a tough first meeting. Like you're taking so much new information in. It's mm -hmm. like you're drinking from a fire hose. Like it's too much. You know what I mean? And you're like, ah, I'm not going to get to know you right now, man. I'm just <laughs> trying to climb. I almost drank electro. I almost drank pool cleaner for electrolytes, man. I'm, I'm not myself right now. Where, um, <laughs> where if you meet somebody like uh, earlier on, a few months out, get to know them. You can have a little back and forth. Going into the competition now, you can have a little back and forth and it's a little easier transition. Especially mm -hmm. with juniors. When you're just mm -hmm. doing it for a couple of years, it's probably the best way to do it. That's why I think... <laughs> Sweden in the last two years, America's been good. You know, a couple of these nations been good. But Sweden in the last two years at those last world championships, juniors opened the type of medals and world records you guys got. I mean, I know you just started two and a half years ago, but the progress Sweden has made is crazy, man. Like, you guys are, like, really pushing to the forefront. Um, when I did the poster, King, I did King of List. We're going to start doing, like, for the European Championship. We're going to start interviewing people like yourself and do like a preview show. 
I didn't realize it, but like four out of the eight people I put on the poster were Swedes. And people like, <laughs> yeah, and I just like, I took world champions and world record breakers. And they're like, dude, this is like the Swedish nationals. Like, why are there so many Swedes on your poster? And I was like, I didn't even realize it. It just happened. You know what I mean? Like, it could have been more Swedes. I, I thought I was being, you know, conservative. So yeah, mm-hmm. Team Sweden's really getting hot right now. Um, what are your goals for 2020? Are you still a junior? Yeah, I'm still a junior. I'm 22 right now. Okay. Um, and my biggest goal is I always compete to myself, I think. And uh, as Stefan said, uh, I think it was yesterday, that you have a long journey to do. And uh, I, I look through, I, I see, I'm in love with this journey because I learn so much all the time. Because I'm new, I'm a beginner. I have done this like two years, two and a half years, and I have so much to learn. And that's my biggest goal, yeah. to make this journey uh, mine. Because I can't do uh, anyone else. Isn't it crazy? You're 22, and in the Open, the Open World Champion is Kimberly Walford, who might be the mm-hmm. greatest lifter of all time. She's in her 40s. Yeah. Like, uh, you, you could be doing this, that's, you could be doing this for another 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's great, you know. <laughs> if, you st- if you stop and think about it, do you think, t- like, if you're doing it for another 20 years, um, looking back, I mean, man, that first world title win has got to be, that's going to be a tough one to top. Mm. Like, how do you top that? <laughs> I think the Worlds was one of my, one of a part of my puzzle, and I need all my puzzle bites, I think. Mm. And, um, <laughs> I mean, the, I'm going to do the first senior European in two weeks, so yeah. I'm not going to co- compete at the, as a junior, and that's also one one part of my puzzle or cake. So uh, that, I'm, I'm just looking forward. Is that the first step? Like at the, in Belarus, are you planning on doing in the seniors or juniors? In the Belarus, are uh, they... uh, in World Championships in 2020, do you think you're going to do? <laughs> you see? Oh, you didn't even. Know. <laughs> You totally live in the moment. You you are so in the moment. <laughs> you, you live life like a monk. You are so present. You're like Belarus. What's going on in Belarus? I don't. I don't. I'm like what? <laughs> holy moly! That's true. Emil and Stefan are always laughing at me because <laughs> Stefan is like, Ida, how's your weight? I have no idea. I can go and check right now. <laughs> and he's like. When are you traveling tomorrow or in a week? I was like, ask Emily. Yes. But you know what? Like, this is probably how you could just keep being, like, calm, cool, collected, and never get overcome. If you just, like, like you're supposed to live in the day and not look at yes. it too much. Um, I don't know how the hell you do it. But, but, I mean, like, I'm the worst. I'm looking ahead, like, oh, my God, what am I going to be in next summer? I gotta be ready, like, what the sh- like, I'm, you know, like, I'm the total opposite. You should do, like, fucking mind counseling. You know, sports yeah. counseling psychology or whatever. Does that come but, naturally to you? Is this just, like, yeah, normal for you to be like that? I, I'm always like that. It's like my, my father can ask me what I'm doing the next week, and I'm just, don't ask me that. Yeah. I next have week? no idea. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> we'll, we'll see. You're like, I'm just happy to be here. Yeah. <laughs> you wake up, 22 years old. You wake up in the morning. Yes, another day. I'm still here. Let's make. Let's let's go make the best of today. It's like, holy oh, shit! You're like a happy bunny every single day. He's a he's a blessing. I love that. <laughs> right. Um, 
let's say, let's look, let's, okay, so I always ask everybody who comes on the show this question. This is probably going to be a different question for you then if you don't look ahead as much, but let's say you are in your 40s and you're looking back um, on your on your career, on all your, on all your adventures, you know, you had the moment with Chloe Dublin, all these moments, and you see how like these when other people watch these moments, they take away. Like when I when I told you, when I watched you hit the platform and you got the last deadlift and you show the heart of a lion and the crowd's on their feet and like, man, that's a champion right there. You miss your second, you come back, you hit your third. And then it won't all be sunshine. Sometimes you're not gonna you're not gonna always win it. So on the flip side, that'd be the Chloe Dublin story where, you know what, I didn't win today. I, I still got to be the champion. I'm going to meet her on the side. Congratulations. That's a champion right there. Mm. When you've had all these moments and you're 45 years old and you're looking back and everyone's seen those moments, how do you want to be remembered? I want to be remembered as the girl who always went on the, off the podium with a big smile and had made the best of the day back then. Yeah. Always made the best of just that day, not the tomorrow, not the coming days, just that day. Yeah. I want to be living right now and I want to be remembered as uh, that athlete. Staying in the moment, right? Take every yes. moment, day by day. That's how the days add up. Listen, yes. um, thank you for coming on. Uh, we got another podcast coming in. I appreciate your time. And you know what? You got good English. Yeah, <laughs> don't you. worry about it. Yeah, you did a good job. No worries there. Um, before we let you go, is there anybody that you want to thank while we have you on? Yeah, I really want to thank uh, Emil Norling, uh, Stefan Ågren, Anders Bergström, and my whole family. Because they are traveling with me all the time. Uh, wherever I am in the whole world, so yeah. that's perfect. <laughs> it isn't easy. And if people are listening and, and they want to follow you in your journey and they want to follow, do you do coaching, by the way? If I'm doing coaching. Yeah, do you do coaching? Do you coach people? Uh, yeah, I do workshops uh, right now in uh, different ways. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, how do people get a hold of you if they want to hire you for those? Uh, you can contact me uh, on Instagram. Okay. Uh, my name is Ida with two A's, uh, R-O-N-N. Two A's, Ida two A's. Yes. There it is, there it is. Um, thank you for coming on, much appreciated, and good luck at the uh, European Championship. We'll be watching. Thank you. See you later. See you. And there you have it, Ida Braun from uh, Sweden. Um, I mean, Matthew, like she's young, obviously, 22 years old. She's got to figure it out. That's it. You, you, you got to live in the moment, and that's how you don't get overcome. You know, I can't believe she went into the World Championships, didn't know who Chloe Dublin was, probably for the best, because that was that she was facing uh, a monster. But that's how you don't feel the pressure. I mean, if if you had known who Chloe Dublin was and what she's capable of, and, and Chloe Dublin. Um, you know, just a phenomenal power lifter right up to the last deadlift. It was dramatic stuff. I'm we reposted um, on King of the Lifts, but uh, maybe I'll repost it again when this, when this uh, podcast drops. The arena. When you're 22, if, if you didn't know before who Chloe was, she found out that day. Uh, and she was found herself in a moment.
You want to live for the moment? She found herself in a moment. Uh, maybe it's better she didn't know what was coming because I don't know how you don't get overcome. In, in your home country, the place was packed. Miss your second deadlift, she hits. She's got the gold all but around her neck and she is who she is. And, um, and, and loading the bar for the win and the crowd's going crazy. If you knew that was coming, and then I stopped the story there, and I'm like, I'm not going to tell you whether or not you hit it. Man, you're going to lose sleep every single day. <laughs> you're going to lose sleep every day leading into that World Championships. Um, hell of a story. And at 22, man, the future's bright. I can't wait to see what happens with Ida. So there you have it. Um, if you're listening, please. Man, people like Ida Braun, Emil Norling, all these, they deserve, they've been on the show, they deserve the exposure. You know, we don't get mainstream exposure. This is our ESPN. This is how we show people. These are our 30 for 30s, if you will. So this is how we show people their story. Um, and they deserve it. People from around the world. Sweden, we're going to have keep having people on. So we're going to get Ross from Estonia next. Share this in your Instagram stories. Tell your friends about this. You know, give us high ratings on whether it's YouTube, subscribe. Um, on the audio platform, subscribe. Give us a thumbs up. Give us the likes. Share it on your social media platforms because these guys deserve the exposure. Until next time, from Six Pack Lapidat, peace.